Hello, and welcome to Native Awakenings. Here at Native Awakenings, we provide people with tools, meditations, guides, and conversations, all for the purpose to bring a greater sense of presence to this incredibly busy world. I am so excited to share this conversation with Carrie. This has been, ah, it's been such a dream of mine since even the beginning of this podcast. I'm a huge fan of the Soul Full of It podcast. I've really, really wanted to interview Carrie for a long time. I spoke about her on my Pisces episode way back when I was just beginning this journey. And this moment is a huge, huge occasion for me. It feels like my life is coming full circle and that the person who I've sought out to interview since the beginning of this podcast was able to come on to it. You'll see why I'm such a huge fan of Carrie within this podcast. She is a dear friend of mine, an incredible source and wealth of knowledge her abilities to connect peoples to the collective, to their own magic, and to bring people together is such an inspiration to me. I admire Carrie's beautiful work that she has played and crafted within this consciousness of the third dimensional earth plane, and her astrology helps define the stars, express the purpose, and refine the sense of the heart. I am so excited to share this conversation. You have a rare treat in form and enjoy. This is Carrie. The 13th piece of the zodiacal wheel is you. I love the crows. They're all over Portland. Yeah. There are crows are just that's a part of this town it's a part of this chapter of my life living here is the crows i love the crows i think the first time i saw a raven i was in canada i don't know if ravens are common in canada but i was like oh my god dave that's the biggest crow i've ever seen that crow is huge and dave's like that's that's a raven <laughs> i thought it was like a crow on steroids i'm like what are they feeding them here like how are their crows so big so ravens are, that's something that you've taught me. So ravens are bigger than crows. They're huge. Oh. Yeah. They're oh. like tall. They have a presence. Oh. I was like, I don't know if I have enough to feed you. <laughs> You're big. Yeah. You're going to need more than these fries. We need yeah. to get you a burger. <laughs> I'm like, do birds eat meat? I'm clearly a bird expert. That's, yeah. We title this the interview with the bird expert. <laughs> yeah. That's me. You mentioned this chapter of your life. You've seen a lot of birds and crows. What do you feel as though this chapter of your life is about? And what sort of chapters have you? This is, I, I'm sometimes a terrible podcast host because I chain, <laughs> no, <you're not. laughs> I chain questions together. And I love it. Oh, it's cool, good. Give cool. me the compound questions. I will give you the compound questions. I'm ready. I can't say I'll answer them all, but I'll try. <laughs> Try and sometimes I, I sing, so we'll see. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question to you is what is this chapter of your life about, and what was the previous chapter of your life about? Who this chapter of my life 
This chapter of my life is about unraveling the parts of me I wanted to pretend weren't there. I think I'm at the point of maturity. This is also, I can't help but bring it up, very Saturnian, Saturn return. I'm entering that right now, as you know, because we've talked about this, Um, but our listeners may not know that. And I can talk about Saturn return if you'd like as well, but it's a coming of age transit and it happens at about 29, 29 and a half years old to every person. And you only experience this transit three times in your life. And so where I'm at right now coming into it and with the South node of the moon being in Sagittarius, which is where my sun sign is located, wherever the sun is, it highlights. It's like bringing a big spotlight on it. Okay. It's illuminating. And so it's highlighting the past for me right now. And it's had a lot of past things come up. And instead of reacting with self-judgment, yeah, which I do sometimes, right? I'm human. We're human. But I've been shifting and trying to react with like bringing it in and just sitting with it and being with the pieces of my past and the, the parts of me that I haven't parented yet. I guess Ah. that's the big thing, actually, is self-parenting. I think this whole chapter I'm in right now is about actively participating in self-parenting of myself. And my last chapter of my life was about expansion. And this is now the chapter of I can't expand until I put to rest what no longer needs to carry forward with me. Wow. Just sitting with that is really, really beautiful. Unraveling the parts of yourself that you're you're getting to know now that you need to parent. So is that as in parent, do you mean care for like raise or cultivate in a, a new illuminated light? Yes. And also I'd add to that, and this is very Saturnian as well, discipline. Oh. The things that I need to change about the ways that I have survived in the past that now I'm realizing, oh, being in a state of fight or flight is actually really not good for me or my nervous system or anybody around me, especially when it's not necessary. Yeah. Like I am steady. I am grounded. And I've done a lot of work on mindset for myself where that's what I was saying with like the last chapter being like very expansive, expanding into like new connections and new avenues and finding new things about me. And now it's the integration chapter where it's like, okay, you have these new things and these new ways of being, but they're not working as well because you're harboring a lot of this old ways of being. And that's actually creating a blockage for my growth. And so the expansion is like hit a wall. You, you will keep expanding. We're always expanding. Of course, I'm an expansive person by nature because Jupiter rules Sagittarius, which is my sun sign. So I'm all about that Jupiter energy, but it's at that point where I'm realizing, okay, In order to move forward, I have to face the pieces of myself I don't love, and I'm going to have to, like, exercise my own demons. Whoa. That sounds epic. So Saturn Return sounds like a very, I don't know that much about astrology, which is why I'm so excited to speak (laughs) with you today. But, well, many reasons why I'm excited to speak with you today. But that sounds so intense, facing those parts of ourselves that we're afraid of to love or haven't loved, and also parenting them in a new way. And disciplining ourselves takes a lot of care, time, energy. So these things are coming up into your experience now since Saturn is coming back. You mentioned that this happens three Mm -hmm. three times within our life. 
is every time as intense? Does it get any easier? Is Saturn return always difficult? Yes and no. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, attitude plays a really big part in all of our experience as humans, period. And I think that's very true with transits, too. And it's easy for me to sit here and be like, you're sad in return. Watch out. It's going to be so crazy. Yeah. Like, of course, I can go down that rabbit hole because I'm also in it. And I'm like, I fell in an ice patch and it hurt. <laughs> and I've got a giant bruise on my butt. And like, you know, the wham, 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 like still tending my inner child is essentially, I guess, what I'm I'm getting at here. So no, is the Saturn return always going to be this crazy hard thing? Does it get easier? No, it doesn't have to be this crazy hard thing. And yes, it does get easier. It gets easier through the transit for your first round. So if you're thinking about Saturn, this planet is moving through the 12 signs of the zodiacal wheel. And then it meets where your natal Saturn is at in your birth chart. And you can find that for yourself by pulling up your birth chart astro.com is a great free resource i use their charts and i really like them so i recommend that for our listeners if they're curious they don't know where their saturn is i'm also happy to help people find their saturns if you're really confused and curious and you want to find it and you're like oh no no send me your birth data we will find it together and it'll be great and i'll deliver the news to you of when your saturn return is coming but if you have saturn in aquarius like i do now is the moment it is here it's coming it's a two to three year transit and the first round is I would say probably the hardest unless by the time you get to the next time because this is about 30 year cycles you're about 60 years old for round two you're not quite 90 years old for round three by 60 if you haven't fulfilled your passions if you have like maybe you went on about your life and you became a doctor because your parents are doctors but you always actually wanted to be an artist and now you're 60 and you're retired and you have this entire life's work of being a doctor but you severely neglected your art and you never made your art and now you're in your second Saturn return and it feels like it just feels like you're dying but really it's just that part of you is dying Uh, can you let it go can you embrace what's meant for you even if you lived your whole life doing the one thing that wasn't for you now that you're 60 and you're waking up in your second Saturn return can you do what is meant for you can you start over can you suck at being an artist all over again until you get good at it you know like so I do think it gets easier and it just comes down to decisions and choices and those are rooted in in the ways that we've survived. And those are rooted in the stories that we tell ourselves. We believe the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's <laughs> yeah. also powerful. If I wake up every day during my Saturn return with like, this is the best transit of my life, then I can manifest that. I can live that. This can be the best transit of my life or your life or anybody's life. So I really want to shive people away from thinking that it's this awful, horrible, extreme, overwhelming experience. It can be wonderful. There is always a reward at the end of hard work. And you know that as a Capricorn. Yeah. So that's what Saturn Return is all about. Are you willing to put in the work? Can you prove it? That is epic. (laughs) You mentioned a word, transit. Mm -hmm. So for those that don't know, and I still need a little bit of a definition of this, what is a transit's a movement of a planet yes okay yeah just pretty much where the planets are as they move so we'll use jupiter as an example jupiter is a great example because jupiter's transits jupiter is moving through one sign 
it takes about a year to move through an entire sign. So Jupiter returns, which is Jupiter transiting through all 12 signs until it reaches where it was when you were born. About age 12, you had your first Jupiter return. Age 24, you had your second Jupiter return. 36, you have your third. So that's a transit that you get to engage with more frequently than someone like Saturn because Saturn's further out and moves slower from our perspective here on planet Earth. And that's what it's all about with astrology is like what's happening in the sky around us from the perspective of being an Earth being. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. So transits change depending on what planet you're talking about. And not all of them have perfect circle transits. Some of them are more ecliptical. Ooh. They're more oval and they can kind of change. So like Pluto, for instance, the next time Pluto's in... Pluto's going to move into Aquarius in 2027. Somebody fact check me. That might be wrong. I might be off by a year or two, but sometime in the next, within this next decade of time, Pluto is going to move into Aquarius, but it's going to be there for a long time, like years, like over a decade, maybe even like two decades. Whoa. Yeah. So Pluto hangs out forever. So all, all of these things shift and change with different planets, but all of this information is very accessible online. You just have to be willing to, sh- to shift through it or find an amazing teacher, which if you're looking for one, I can definitely point you towards one. I have a great friend who has an amazing astrology school that she Ooh. launched and is also offering a discount code through my podcast. So hit me up. Oh, snap. We got to <laughs> put that in the notes. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Who is, who is this? Nura Rochelle. Ooh. She is my birthday twin. We're both 1212s. Oh. And she's exactly three years older than me. So she's just out of her Saturn return as I'm coming into mine. Oh. And we also did an episode on the, my podcast about the Saturn return together. That was actually the first episode we ever did together, which oh. is super cool and, and funny and now kind of ironic with me going into it. But I knew that when I chose that topic for her and she just crushed it. So Whoa. that's another resource for people who are like, I don't get it. Transits. This is confusing. You got to go to school with Nora. You got to listen to her episode, soak in all her magic. Cause she's got all the teaching vibes. I've got all the talking vibes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did learn a ton from you in that episode. I remember I was really attracted to it because I've heard of so much fear around the Saturn return. And when I just read that title of Saturn return, I was like, I've got to listen to this episode. I love the chemistry and the energy between you and her talking. You covered a ton of great points explaining what Saturn is, how that energy affects us. I'd love to ask you, as an astrologer who has all of this knowledge that you do possess, what's it like going through something like a Saturn return with all of this knowledge these years that you've spent studying the planets, you've probably counseled and helped other people with their Saturn returns. So what's it like being on the opposite of the spectrum? Are you going to astrologers now to, to get any help with these things or what's it like being on the opposite end? Yeah. So as an astrologer, I definitely still consider myself a student of life, a student of astrology forever. Mm. There's so many facets to astrology. There's so much to know, so much to learn. It's actually one of my favorite things about about it is that it's like this never ending black hole of I mean the universe it's like kind of like a black hole right yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like that that's well I mean we're talking about the universe here we're talking about the planets yeah so 
I love getting counsel outside of myself and other astrologers. Nura is a great resource. I go to her for lots of stuff. Also, our friend Julia Bray yeah. is an amazing resource. I'm going to be sitting down with her and chatting about my Saturn return here just in the oh. next week. And I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, I, I do go to other folks for counsel and I follow all sorts of other astrologers. And there's so many different forms of astrology, too. So, I really enjoy soaking in the different perspectives and the different um, systems that are being used because I don't use the same systems as everybody. I'm a Western astrologer. Okay. So I use the tropical zodiac. I use, um, well, I do whole house systems sometimes, but Placidus house system. What is two terms? I know, right? <laughs> whole house system. What is that and what is Placidus? Yeah, so Placidus. that one is time-based. Oh. So that's how you get, you can have a house that is, there's two different signs and then the house is bigger or smaller. So if you ever see a chart that doesn't have equal houses that look the same, they're all the same size. If they are the same size, you're dealing with whole houses, okay. which a lot of astrologers do and I dally with that, but... It's not my preferred one. I, I like to use the time-based, and I don't even really have a great reason for that. <laughs> I just, it's always what I've used, yeah. which is also why I love following other people, though, because it has had me drop charts with different systems and look at it from a different perspective. So I'm always seeking, which yeah. is very Sagittarius of me, uh -huh. new knowledge, which is also very Sagittarius of me, uh. but I'm also Gemini rising. So I have the Sagittarius Gemini axis activated within my chart and right now is a really happening time because that is the eclipse cycle we're in so i kind of answered your question about going to other people and there was a piece to that other question oh living the transits yeah does it get easier yeah no <laughs> no it doesn't uh it's actually pretty funny because i remember when i was following other astrologers and i wasn't dipping into it as much yet myself that I kind of had this perspective where I was like, wow, they're so knowledgeable. Like they must just know like what's happening. And then the, like they get a flood in their house and they're like, I knew this was going to happen. You know, like it's just like you can't surprise them. And I think there's this belief too with astrologers similar to tarot readers, which I also am, that you're psychic if you do these things. Yeah. And Absolutely, there are psychics doing astrology and doing tarot readings and who are extremely successful. A lot of us are not psychics yeah. <laughs> or have not developed our psychic talent. I think everybody has psychic yeah. talents and intuition, of course, but I wouldn't call myself a psychic. So I don't have that heads up, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's more so a comedy of errors where I'm like, I'll review. And here's a great, a great example is the Saturn-Pluto conjunction which is different than the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, okay. which if you're looking into the world on, online, following astrologers, you're hearing a lot right now about Saturn and Jupiter, okay. which is a whole different ball game. Yeah. But Saturn and Pluto also had a meeting earlier in 2020 mm -hmm. on January 12th, and I knew the day. I knew what day it was. I woke up even knowing what day it was, right? Uh -huh. But I didn't wake up like today's the day. <laughs> I just I just knew that that was the day. And yet things just went totally south that day for me oh. in a very big way. And I didn't 
I didn't see it coming even though I could have. You know what I mean? So yeah. even knowing all the transits and talking about them fluidly, yeah. unfortunately, I'm still human and I have to live them. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I may have a little bit of a heads up on some people, but for the most part, no, I don't. <laughs> I need to go to other astrologers and I need to, to have my blind spots checked as well. <laughs> that's actually that gives me hope because i picture astrologers and tarot readers as these beautiful wonderful wells of energy that can just oh i know everything about you i know <laughs> what wh like the day that you're going to get a ticket the whatever or anything yeah. like that and to hear that no we that you're going to get help yourself is yep. encouraging to me when i'm seeking out to go get help that's really cool. It's like your therapist probably needs a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like the best therapists out there, I'm willing to bet, have therapists. I agree. And that's me. I like to think as an astrologer, I'm always trying to be better at my craft and what makes me bigger, better, greater in every way. Yeah. To be around other people who are doing similar stuff, but in their own way. And I get to go, oh, wow. I never thought about it that way. I'm so glad that we had this conversation. I'm so glad that I hired you to look at my chart like you're blowing my mind. Yeah. And it's amazing. What a gift. Yeah. Wow. I'm curious about how astrology works. You mentioned a couple of different systems. Some people use whole house. Some, what was that other? Uh, Placidus. Placidus. There's also. Which I frequently mispronounce everything. So if another astrologer is <laughs> like, it's Placidus, I'd be like, you're right. <laughs> No, I really am like genuinely known to mispronounce things. <laughs> well, that gives the <laughs> listeners a good opportunity too, because I'm I'm very new and green when it comes to astrology, so I'm yeah. gonna mispronounce a ton of stuff. It's good. That's how you learn. <laughs> yeah, but I also know that there's Eastern astrology as yeah. well. All these different systems that use the planets in this way do have results that can benefit the participant that comes to the practice. So. What's your take on, even though someone may be using a different system of viewing the planets and stars, that their accuracy is still good? How do you think that works? How do you reconcile that? And I guess it makes it a bit easier to be an astrologer knowing that the system that you're using is going to be applicable to the participant that you share it with. But how is that connected? Well, if why I isn't were there one, I'm sorry to cut you off. But no, why yeah. isn't there w only one astrology system, you know? Yeah, I, I would put it this way. If I were to sing you a song yeah. in, in English uh -huh. and then I were to sing that same song to you in French, would it be a different song oh. or would you just receive it differently? I think about it like languages. It's the same. We're trying to say the same message. We're trying to relay the same pieces of your magic to you because your birth chart is really just a map. It's a map of potentials and it doesn't mean shit if you don't do anything with it. And so having the knowledge of your own magic, no matter what lens it's coming through, as long as your astrologer is a good person, which I'd say most astrologers I've ever met are great people um, and they're coming from a loving place. They're just trying to empower you mm. with that knowledge. So whatever language you receive it in, I think it can be equally applicable to your life. And I would even say that, you know, if you've always gotten if you've gotten readings before and you've always gotten this kind of reading, I would encourage you to go out and get a different kind of reading. Go see an astrologer who does sidereal astrology. 
I don't know anything about that. <laughs> it blows my mind the times that I've looked into it. I've drawn up charts and I'm like, whoa, what's happening here? Like it's such an opportunity for growth. And I just think that the knowledge of self informs the the knowledge of other. And that is what astrology of all forms is trying to communicate because we're always working with these polarizations and these opposites. You know, no matter what system you're using, it has the signs encompassed in them and in those signs and in those houses are opposites. And it's all about the integration of the opposites. I think that's a big part of it, at least from my perspective. And I'd love to hear an astrologer who disagrees with me because I think it's so healthy to not agree on things. Yeah. So how does that answer the question very well? (laughs) It does. It really helps me see. I've had this question for a really long time because it's part of the reason why I've been really hesitant into moving into astrology. As a Capricorn, sometimes I want to get things quote unquote right or correct. And I hesitate with astrology because I'm unsure of which one is the quote unquote correct one for me to do. Is it Eastern one? My sign says that I'm X, but Western says that my sign is Y. So I'm hesitant to pursue either one because I'm not sure which one I will relate to more. But your definition of astrology being a language of these all being different languages of almost the same code or script makes approaching any astrology more accessible to me knowing that hey they're they're all going to give me a message but the language of that message is what i'm going to either resonate with or more gravitate towards a different one so i'm actually excited to start diving more into astrology that's so cool yeah there is more than one way and i think that applies to astrology and life just Mm. reminding yourself like there's more than one way and we get so used to being in the systems that we're in and doing the things that we're doing and living life the way that we've been living it why don't you take a different route tomorrow Mm. what would that do for you you don't know because you haven't done it what if you did it tomorrow what if you tried drawing up your chart on somewhere like astro.com which is not sponsoring this (laughs) just just like that that's just where i do my charts often other than like astrology software which is a whole different black hole of awesomeness Uh but you know pull up your chart in tropical pull up your chart in sidereal look at the two and even just not having any knowledge which one feels better when you look at it let your intuition guide you is what i would say if you're interested in astrology you're not sure where to begin start following some astrologers and start looking at your chart in different ways pull it up in different ways and just see what feels good i think we always overlook we overthink like oh it should be this or that it's like tap into your body which one of these when i look at it just like that feels like me you know yeah and when i pull up my charts my tropical western astrology that chart it feels like me Uh. and so i when i look at it i'm like oh hey what's up girl <laughs> that, that's me <laughs> you know yeah but i and that could change i mean maybe in 10 years we do another podcast episode and i'm a sidereal astrologer <laughs> yeah. i mean after the saturn return anything could happen uh, well, <laughs> wow well i know you're also a tarot reader so how does that influence the lens of what you're going through right now with with Saturn, are you doing any tarot pulls? Is I, I have a bunch of questions about tarot as well. So is tarot also based on months and, and days and anything like that? Or is that something different? I would say that tarot 
there definitely are correlations between astrology and tarot in a big way. I own a book. I wish I recalled the title of it that talks about the different tarot cards for like every part of the sign. So each sign that is in your zodiacal wheel, the zodiacal wheel, like a circle is 360 degrees. And so each slice, if you divide 360 by 12 is 30 degrees. And so I have this tarot book that's really cool. And it, it cuts those 30 degrees of like Capricorn, for example, because that's you into 10, 10 and 10. And it assigns a card per each 10 degrees. Oh. And those are things that go way, way, way back in time. And tarot is the history of tarot is fascinating. I am not the person to inform anybody on it. But I can tell you that there is a big overlap between them. So as far as tarot's presence in my world, we were t- talking about this before we jumped on. Yeah. I like to say I cheat on tarot with astrology and I cheat on astrology with tarot. It's the only type of cheater I am <laughs> is between astrology and tarot because I have this tendency to dive really far into one. And then the other one just kind of like isn't as drawing of my attention for a while and so i'm in an astrology chapter right now which is funny and cool and i'm enjoying it it's also i feel like a little bit more overwhelming than tarot because you look at a chart and you're like i have no fucking idea where do i begin (laughs) but you look at a tarot card and i say well what do you think it means and almost anybody can answer that question about a tarot card what do they think it means and if you guide yourself intuitively through tarot i think it is I think tarot is more accessible than astrology, but I'd also like to change that or I'd like to help be a part of changing that and helping folks feel the opposite of that or the equality of that, that they're equally palatable, that I could I could come into either one and, and kind of figure it out. But yeah, I, I pull cards. I like to pull daily cards. I've not been doing that because I've been in my little astrology kick recently where I'm spending a lot more time with charts. But, you know, in a perfect world, I like to pull a card a day and sometimes do a spread for myself. But I really like to do spreads for new moons and full moons. And that's kind of the extent of my ceremonies for that. Sometimes I get an invite to join like a Zoom group (laughs) and hang out with some other astrologers or other magic makers of different kinds which is awesome as well. But yeah, I really like to incorporate tarot into astrology through the new moon and the full moon. That's probably like my favorite little ritual to do with it. Oh, cool. I'm excited to hopefully one day get an astrology reading from you because your tarot reading that you did for me, you did this like three months ago, three or two months ago. I can't remember exactly when. was so accurate. One thing that you mentioned was that I would be presented opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? And, you're, and you were like, you're going to have to be mindful. Don't always say yes, but you are going to be presented opportunities. And you were 100% correct. These past two months of my life, I've been given a ton of opportunities and I've had had to turn some down. And it's so strange because for the entirety of the year, it's been mostly me pursuing opportunities and mostly me looking for these. But legitimately a month or two months after your reading of me, these opportunities started popping up in my life. So with your accuracy of Tarot, I'm very excited (laughs) to get a chart reading from you as well. Yay. (laughs) I'm excited to do it. I love it. I love how they play together and it's, it's just so much fun. And if you don't have a Tarot deck, you know, go get one and, and just keep in mind that there is no bad tarot card, even the one that has somebody that looks like they're being stabbed by 10 knives, which is the 10 of swords. 
even that one has some some magic for you in it, some messages in it for you and your reaction to it can kind of help tell you more about that. If we just tune into our intuition, then every single person has an innate ability to read tarot. I know Ah. that 100%. Astrology, you're going to have to spend more time with it to actually feel like you're understanding it. Tarot, anybody can do that literally right now. Wow. Oh, I love accessible tools. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a term a couple of times that, and I do word associations on this podcast, and you mentioned one that I'm like, ooh, what's her definition of it? You mentioned magic. Yeah. What? And you mentioned magic makers as well. So could you, what do you associate with? What do you feel within your body? Do you get any colors or tastes or memories? What do you associate with the term magic? Ooh, I love the word magic. I think it might be my favorite word. Oh, (laughs) It's just such a fun word to say, magic. Uh. (laughs) And I think that magic is everywhere. So I almost feel like if I were to associate the word magic with any other word, it would just be universe. Because the universe is magic. You are magic. The fact that we're here, it's such a magical experience. The thing is, is that we just get into these mundane ways of being and we overlook the everyday magic that is everywhere around us. I mean, the tea that we're drinking. Yeah. To me, that is magic. Like somebody else sourced this and then I got my hands on it and brewed this tea and it's here and we're getting to enjoy it and to me, that's a magical experience. And I think that's because I'm always looking for magic. I, I'm always inviting magic into my world. And I think that every person is a magic maker. And we just forget about it. And the human experience is much more about remembering than we give it credit for. And so a lot of what we're doing as we're growing and evolving is we're just remembering the magic that we came from because we are stardust. We are the universe experiencing itself. So we are magic. So magic is everything to me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I like that. And that also sounds so accessible because if magic is this material of this beautiful universe, if it can be as simple as tea, then we can all make magic. We need not be some sorceress or wizard to alchemize it. It can be as simple as being ourselves as we are a part of the universe. So, yeah. oh, cool. I'm a magic maker. You are. You are a magic maker. Cool. And everybody listening right now, you're a magic maker too. Don't ever take that for granted. You also mentioned a term universe, and I have another association that I want to ask you about that. Ooh. When you hear the term, when you hear the word astrology, what does that evoke and arise within your consciousness? Do you get a picture, a color, or a phrase? Or When I hear the word astrology, I definitely just immediately envision the zodiacal wheel with mm. all 12 signs. And the word that I would associate with astrology is poetry. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. I like that. Because if you think about astronomy, which is more the science of the planets and the universe... Astrology on the other side, instead of trying to measure it, we're trying to understand it. We're trying to engage with it. We're trying to understand the messages of it. And so astrology is the poetry 
of the universe. Whoa. Because Whoa. it's about meaning making. Whoa. And magic making, of course. <laughs> Whoa. That is beautiful. I'm so happy I asked you that. Wow, <laughs> astrology is poetry. I'm going to keep that in my heart. That's amazing. <laughs> That's also my like moon and Pisces speaking where it's like poetry. <laughs> I love poetry. Read me all the words. <laughs> nice. Oh, wonderful. Oh, well, I have uh, finished this sentence for you. Yay. As we spoke a while ago at the beginning of this podcast about how this portion of time is bringing up the Saturn return. Uh, bringing up a lot of things that you're working through at this point in time. I love to know how you release. So if you were to finish the sentence, I release by blank, what would you fill into that space? I release by moving. Movement is what helps me release. It's what helps me move energy through my body. It's how I get out of being stagnant or being stuck in a train of thought or even just a feeling that's weighing me down. It's like, as I move, that's how I can let things go. I, I don't ever let anything go by just sitting in it. <laughs> I think sitting with things is important and good, but I know from my own process that in order for me to really release it, I have to exercise it out. Oh. It's like a demon. <laughs> it kind of brings us back to the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Movement. Do you have any specific movement practices that you like to do? Yeah. Or? I love yoga. I have been not great about my yoga practice recently. So that's something I can pick up from you. Actually seeing your posts, I'm like, ah, oh, yes, I should do yoga. <laughs> like multiple times that I've seen your yoga posts and actually have done yoga oh. because I'm like, oh, you know, if he can do it and he made time for this today, I'm going to make time for this today. And it's great. So I think yoga is a great practice for movement it's also easy because you don't necessarily have to go anywhere to do it yeah but ultimately i am a hardcore park walker Ooh! i like to walk parks i am a person if you take me to a new place i'll be like can we go check out the parks uh. i want to walk them and so low-key i've been walking parks for years and also training myself to be ready for my future dog which I don't have a pet dog yet, but I'm ready for you soon. I don't know what soon means, even as an astrologer. <laughs> I should check my transits and see when I might manifest you. But eventually I'll be ready for you and uh, you can join me on my walks. Future oh. dog. <laughs> oh, sweet. Hardcore park walker. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I should like, that's my official title. People are like, you're an astrologer, right? And I'm like, no, I'm a hardcore park walker. I, we're park people. That's what Katie, my best friend, and I always joke about is like, we're the park people, but we really are. We're great people. It's a good time. You can find me at the park. <laughs> Do you come here often? I live here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're out in nature. You're, ex you're experiencing the universe, experiencing nature through yourself and making magic as you're moving through the park. That's beautiful. Oh, and sweet. then I can come home and I'm like, oh, I'm lighter. I released some stuff. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> Oh, sweet. With this wonderful modality of astrology and tarot that you have, what do you think that this leads people to experience? So you have your multifaceted in your gifts. You have a degree. You're, you're learned. What would you finish the sentence with of I help people experience blank? Because there's so much that you do. And I know this is a tough question, but if you had to consolidate it down to, you know, a, a few words or even a paragraph, 
What would you think you would say to that? I help people experience their own magic. Ooh. Oh, cool. And I help redirect people towards their magic from the foundation of self-empowerment. Whoa. Ah. You've got such powerful, (laughs) like I help people with their own magic. Like, wow. Wow. I love that because it also showcases a humility. Hmm. A lot of times there can be, oh, I help, I I free people of this or I do this or it's them around. The focus is around the person that is providing the experience. When I've asked you this question, the focus shifted from you into them experience their own magic. And that's so cool. I really love that. And I can attest to that. As you mentioned within the tarot reading that you did for me, it helped me know, hey, what's my magic here? Like, hey, saying yes, saying no, accepting opportunities, politely declining opportunities. So, wow. Yeah. Boom. I have what's called a stellium, which is three or more planets together in one house or sign. And I have my stellium in Sagittarius, which is, of course, my sun sign. It's in the seventh house. And the seventh house is the house of other people and relationships and partnerships. So you picking up on that being my answer is very much your intuition and, and you actually tapping into my seventh house stellium of planets. And that's what I would say is why anybody can be an astrologer because you're picking up on that without looking at my chart or knowing how to read my chart. And yet you can see that piece of me and echo it back at me, which is you showing me my magic. It goes both ways. Whoa. So, Whoa. yeah, just a little observation. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm an amateur astrologer. Like, you yes, definitely yes. are. <laughs> cool. Oh, wow. Well, hey, thanks for empowering me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I try to pick up on these things. <laughs> When we began this podcast, we mentioned of the pressure that the Saturn return is bringing into your life at this time. So when you hear the word pressure in it of itself, what does that feel like to you? That may be an obvious question, but it feels like a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Do you get a visual to that or what's your association with pressure in general? I would say, I, first off, I love this question. Ooh. Pressure to me is, it's just an, ex, it's a temporary experience. We don't usually stay under pressure, right? I just got this pressure cooker. It's an instant pot. Yeah, I'm one of those people now. I know, I know. But it's pressure cooker. And how long do I cook something in a pressure cooker? Actually, a very short period of time. It's very short. It's quicker than we think. So when we're under pressure, under pressure i'm sorry i had to sing it for like two seconds when we feel like we're under pressure it's we have to remind ourselves this isn't going to last forever and actually my mentality around that came from a dentist which i have a whole we can make an entire podcast episode about carrie's adventures with the dentist yeah in relationship with dentists uh that's a whole different thing but I remember I was getting one of my wisdom teeth pulled out because it was wreaking havoc in my skull and it just frankly needed to go. <laughs> and so he was in there getting it out. And I just I was having like moments of panic. There's something about a dentist like being in your mouth or, you know, person like being that close to your brain where I it gives me anxiety in a way that I don't really get anywhere else. And so I was just, he could tell that I was just like, oh God, like he's about to pull this out, you know? And I, I was awake for it and I had the day, the gas on me and all this was going on. And I just remember him very clearly saying, 
it's only pressure. It's only pressure. And I just was laying there and it just, for some reason that relaxed me. And so I've thought about that a lot over the years that like, it is only pressure and it cannot last forever and it won't last forever. It's an instant pot, baby. (laughs) Just a couple minutes, just a couple hours, just a couple days, just a couple years. But those go by so quick. Do we really need to fret over them forever? Whoa. No, we don't. I love that there's a resolution to your answer. (laughs) I was thinking like, oh, it's like a boulder. It's something that's going to crush me. But seeing that there is an inherent resolution within that pressure, it's only going to last for a moment. I love that analogy of the instant pot too. Whoa, (laughs) beautiful answer. Oh, wow. I'll make you some eggs sometime. (laughs) They're really good. You can make eggs in an instant pot. I know, I know. I made (laughs) soft boiled eggs in an instant pot. And like, so good. So good. I can't even put it into words, guys. We'll have an instant pot party. The podcast gathering instant pot party by Carrie and Greg. Come join us when like gatherings are a thing again. One day. <laughs> it's, it's a time. <laughs> it's a time that we are But it's in. just like pressure. It's only going to last so long. Yeah. A lot of times when I personally experience pressure, there's an attachment to fear alongside of it that I feel because I'm like, Oh no, like I've got this really tough deadline or I can't get all these things done and fear accompanies pressure, at least in my experience. So you gave a wonderful answer for pressure. And I'm now really curious to hear what's your association with fear. What does that mean to you? Do you get any, yeah. How do you associate to that word? Fear, I think is the the opposite of fear is faith. And I think the word faith has been given a very bad name in the sense that it's kind of been like taken on. It's like, you're a Christian. If you use the word faith, like when I use the hashtag faith on Instagram and then I look through and I'm like, oh no, like people are going to think that this entire channel is like soulful of Jesus. Like what is happening, you know? But I so I think that when I think of the word fear, I want to reprogram my brain to say, hey, can we pivot from fear to faith? And then also the rebranding of fear, because a lot of times I'm like, I mean, even launching my own podcast, I was like, oh, God, what if everybody hates it? I'm so scared. Like, what if people think I'm an idiot? What if I like use the wrong word for a planet or a sign or I make a human mistake? God forbid I'm a human and I make a human mistake and people are really going to judge me like all this fear coming up. And I was like, wait a second. Am I really afraid or am I actually quite excited? And so asking myself, can I change my fear to faith? Can I ask myself if my fear is even really fear or is it excitement? And if it is really fear, which is totally, we're human, where it's okay to fear things, but we don't have to stay in fear. We can experience fear and go through fear and we can let it go just like pressure. We can find faith as we experience fear. It's not an either or. You can be a person who believes in in greater things and and believes that you're going to get through this hard time and still be fucking scared. Yeah. It's okay to be fucking scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared all the time. We're all out here just winging it. This human experience is like super wild. I'm like, who gave me this body? I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm almost 30. I'm like a year out. And I still have no idea what I'm doing and it's okay. It's okay. And the more that I assert to myself, like, it's okay not to know. It's okay to make the mistake, the less that I fear it. And the more faith that I have 
in myself and in others and in this process of life. I don't know exactly why I'm here even being an astrologer, but I have the faith that I'll find out. And I've had moments where I'm a, I'm afraid. I'm almost, I almost said afeared. <laughs> I'm afeared. That is our new word. Yeah. I was afeared, <laughs> which is afraid and fear together, um, which I guess is like worse. I don't know. But I've, I've had that experience many times. And, and fear has been so present this whole year. There's a lot of fear in the air. But am I going to bottle up that fear that's out there and, and let that live within me? No, fuck you, fear. You don't get free rent. Not today, not tomorrow. But faith, I'll make space for faith. Mm. Very Sagittarius answer. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, then I want to piggyback off of that question. It sounds like then fear within your experience is a lack of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. So what's your description or definition? Because I myself personally, for the exact same reasons of you, I'm like, uh, faith is a kind of a Christian term within yeah. my experience. I don't really like that term, but I like you a lot. So I want to hear, <laughs> so I want to hear your definition of what do you feel faith is? Faith is believing in something that's beyond. Ooh. And that can be anything that can be yourself. That can be if you do, if you are religious, whether you're Christian or not. Thank you for listening. If you're Christian, I know we made some fun of you guys, but <laughs> it's not all bad. I grew up super Christian myself, actually. So I speak some of that language. But yeah, I do think that that faith is also just ever present. I feel like it's like other feelings. I, I like to talk about joy as something that belongs to you. Mm. Faith belongs to you. The ability to believe in something beyond is always available for you to grab it and experience it, yeah. but you have to want it. Do you want to live in faith or are you so familiar with fear that it's actually kind of easier to stay in fear? A lot of people live their whole lives in fear and many of them for great reason, you know, depending on your circumstance. If you're in an abusive relationship and you're afraid, that is valid as fuck. And I'm not here to tell you, get some faith, you know, <laughs> yeah. but can you have faith in yourself and cultivate confidence to leave that abusive relationship so that you don't live in fear? Absolutely. You can. Will it be easy? Of course not. Life is never easy. These things are never easy, but faith can help you through. So. Yeah, believing in something beyond is the short answer, I suppose. Ooh, I love that. And now I can I can vibe with that term now. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it because if we just operate on this materialist reductionist perspective of, oh, we're just, you know, we're matter, that's all that is, no inherent meaning, anything like that, it can be quite depressing. But I myself have trust in something beyond, I believe in something that is beyond. So I love that definition. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, of course. Also, I'd love to know. So I know that you do an aff you do affirmation destination. Yes. Cool. <laughs> so I would love to know what association affirmation makes within your consciousness. When you hear the word affirmation, what is an affirmation? And what do you associate that term with? I think that affirmations are also similar in the sense that they are tied to belief. If I affirm to myself a very like common in the collective consciousness right now, and I say common, not like, oh, it's so common and like, un you know, annoying, it's common, common as in the medicine that we are all experiencing and needing right now is very rooted in enoughness. Mm -hmm. And we can thank folks like Brene Brown for bringing that to us into the collective consciousness, but it's been rising up for a, a while. And so 
I associate affirmations with beliefs. And one that's really common right now is the affirmation, I am enough. And I think that is very potent medicine for our world right now and redefining what what worthiness looks like for us. But really, it's ultimately what you believe to be possible, even if you don't believe it to be currently true. So if I'm affirming I am enough, even though maybe I've had an entire life of feeling unworthy, which is relatable as fuck. I mean, that's I totally feel that if you're listening and you're like, oh, my God, that's me. Same, same. But if I keep affirming this to myself day after day after day, the affirmation can solidify into being a belief. And once I have the belief, I have the frequency to continue to attract what I'm affirming. So I think affirmations are attractions is a good word association and beliefs coming to life. Ooh, whoa. So, wow. I'm going to sit with that for a second. You're real. My mind feels like it's stretching. <laughs> Earlier, we talked about faith as in being and trust in something and beyond. Affirmation now seems like the action of that faith, if it is putting out into the universe, changing your frequency and actually attracting that thing that you mentioned that is a possibility but may not be true in the present moment. So it seems like an affirmation is almost like a display of faith in in a way. And I love how you've described that. That's really, really cool as an attraction. I've always thought of an affirmation as a just a repetition of a sentence that I'm wishing that will happen, but hearing more as though we're actually attracting, we're bringing it to us by changing our frequency so our vibration matches it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Rather than thinking of it as a wish, think of it as a spell. Mm. I'm casting a spell with my words because words hold weight. They hold frequency. They hold power. I mean, why does a kid who is bullied feel so down with just somebody's words? I mean, I've been bullied as a kid. I was pretty fucking weird. So obviously (laughs) I was a great target. But, you know, like that, it held frequency. It held power over me. And I think something that people don't realize about affirmations is that we are actually practicing affirmations all the time. And if we take it back to talking about fear, I am afraid. I am tired. Mm. I am so sick of this place. These negative things that we say to ourselves are affirmations and affirmations are attractions and spells. So if I keep affirming, I am afraid, I am afraid, I'm going to stay in fear. Getting out of fear is going to be a lot harder because each time I affirm, whether it's verbal, out loud, or it's in my mind just to myself, I am afraid. I am metaphorically taking a shovel and digging myself deeper into fear through those words, through that belief, through that attraction. I'm just bringing more into my world. So if I can start to reprogram my brain to go from fear to faith and affirm that I am faithful, and if you don't like the word faith, which is totally fair, find a word that you do like. What's the opposite of fear to you? Mm, I'm contemplating that. The opposite to fear for me, fear reminds me of contraction of bracing against the experience so the opposite would be opening an opening being a is also an attraction i'll have to sit with that more that's a good question the opposite i th- yeah i'll stick with that actually 
The opposite for fear to me is opening because when that door is open or window, we're able to walk through it, whereas fear could keep us within that stagnation place. Mm. I think that's a good question for the listeners as well. Yeah. These associations are so beneficial because when I get to hear your answer, it helps me develop my answer, which then leads someone else to theirs. So it, we're magic making. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody's yeah. a magic maker. It's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're on this cool, fun term, but on your Instagram handle recently, I heard a couple of mentions of this term and I was like, I've got to ask her what this means. And it was miracle. Mm. what is a miracle what do you associate with a miracle and yeah i want to know all about miracles i also love the word miracle and it's up there with magic for me i guess all of my favorite words start with an m (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i can't tell you why but i can tell you that miracles are happening all day every day just like there's always magic ever present We're just so used to overlooking them. And I mean, like recently, not the best story to share, but I did get a speeding ticket. I got a speeding ticket recently, but it was my first offense. And because it was my first offense, I got an opportunity to take a driving class. Woohoo! And it canceled out the ticket. So it's not on my record and my insurance doesn't know or all that jazz. And so it gave me essentially a second chance And I felt like that was in its own way. It was a miracle. I got a second chance. What else is a miracle? I could have, instead of getting a speeding ticket, I could have kept speeding and I could have gotten into a crash. What a miracle that that's not what happened, you know? And so I think miracles are natural. I think miracles are happening every day. I think life is a miracle. And I really want to invite everybody with the word miracle to just be on the outlook for the potentials, for the opportunities, honor your yes and honor your no, because you can't say yes to everything. You're going to have to say no, but let miracles happen to you because they are happening to you. You just have to pay attention to notice them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they're happening all the time. Yeah. It's half dumb. Oh, cool. <laughs> miracles. Mm. Does the number 13 mean anything to you? I think M is... Is that the 13th or the 14th letter of the alphabet? That is the 13th letter. 13th? I just counted on my fingers. <laughs> so is there, I know there's 12 houses in astrology, so I guess there's no correlation within there. But if your favorite, one of your favorite letters is M, maybe there's something yeah. there. Maybe the 13th piece of the zodiacal wheel, including 12 signs, the 13th piece is you. Oh! Yeah. Oh, mic drop. You've had these epic <laughs> moments, epic answers. And I'm like head spinning and really whoa, the 13th piece is you. Wow. But I'm more of a 12 girl because my birthday is 12, 12. So oh. I like to hang out with that. You know, can I get a dozen? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I also really like eggs, which I think has been a like low key theme of this podcast is eggs for some reason. <laughs> They're just exactly what I need, you know? <laughs> I'll never be vegan because of eggs. I can't help it. I'm an egg person. And an egg person at a park. You find me at a park, eat an egg. Yeah. That's that's pretty much who I am. You're going to get <laughs> gift packets from this podcast. People are going to send you eggs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, that's why I like Easter. I'm not even, like, big into these holidays. But Easter, I'm like, egg hunt? <laughs> eggs that are colored and I get to eat them? 
I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, sure. I'll hang out with the bunnies. Sure. Which <laughs> has always been weird for me. Like, how does a bunny and then the chicken? Yeah, where egg? did this whole like, okay, Hallmark, we see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, the title of this podcast is called Native Awakenings. Native being as nothing extraneous or external from our own source, from our own magic. And I'd love to know what within you is awakening at this moment and what two questions again piggybacking questions and what has the process of astrology combined or separately and tarot awakened within your experience as well Ooh, i'll start with that question astrology and tarot have awakened my ability to recognize pieces of myself in other people and vice versa because mm. when you're dealing with the zodiacal wheel when you're looking at the archetypes of these cards and tarot you're really just looking at humanity and these are reflections of all of us so it's really the greatest unifier to be using these systems and, and that's how i approach everything it's very i am he as you are he as you are me and we are all together like yeah. it's very that yeah and it's just a reflection, it's just a mirror. So that's that second question. I would say that I am awakening to peace. I'm awakening to the realization that peace is a practice. It's not something that, you know, I feel like I'm super good at being peaceful. I think you can call anything in and experience it. So, which is kind of a contradiction of what I just said. <laughs> And yet to get good at it, you have to practice it. And so for me, it's been hard to be at peace because I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always, I'm an archer, right? Of the Sagittarius archetype. I'm always pulling arrows back and shooting them and aiming for new things and thinking, oh, let's go this way, let's go this way, let's go this way. And I'm realizing that a lot of peace is just here in the present moment. And I have to practice being present to be with peace. So I'm awakening to the purpose of peace in my life, the practice of peace in my life. And through tarot and astrology, I'm awakening to the pieces. Oh, Ooh. there's a pun there. <laughs> the pieces of me that are in you that are in both of us that we share and how much more we are alike as beings than we are unalike. I think that is so so important and we've been so divided especially politically in this in this country in particular but i'd say worldwide it's so divisive and the more that i can play with these systems and experience them the more that i have compassion and understanding for other people and so when i get scared i'm like oh somebody else might be feeling scared when somebody else comes to me with their fear i can help them rebrand their fear as faith because i know what it's like to feel afraid or a feared wasn't that my word earlier yeah. <laughs> a feared yeah. it's, it's a scary world sometimes and so i think yeah peace has been a big part of what i'm awakening to now and i think i had a story for a long time that peace wasn't for people like me and i don't believe that story anymore and i had to pull that story out and i had to name it and go i've believed you and you have not brought me where i want to go in fact, you keep me from peace. So you got to go. This belief, this narrative, it can't, it cannot stay here because peace cannot live here with that belief that peace doesn't belong to people like me 
those two things cannot coexist. So I had to get rid of that belief. And now I'm just on a journey of like seeking and fortifying peace and practicing, practicing, practicing. Wow. I love that. That is poetic. That is beautiful. And embodying peace as a practice is new for me. A lot of times I can carry it within my body and I can feel peaceful, but thinking of cultivating it on a more almost sustainable basis of actually practicing it, actively practicing it, especially is a practice that I'm going to get more into rather than just experiencing it whenever it shows up to me. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Peace is for you, Carrie. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A lot of times advice and some of the best information can come from sources that are so innocuous or that we, we had no idea that that depth could come from. And I like asking this question because I'm always surprised by it. So within your experience of life, have you ever had something beautiful or inspiring said to you by a friend, coworker, stranger on the street that really hits you in a beautiful way? So uh, a way to consolidate that question is basically something beautiful or inspiring that a friend, parent, stranger taught me was blank. Choose change before change chooses you. Ooh. That is from Nura. And I have repeated that to almost every person in my life since she said it to me the first time. And she said it, actually, I think, I don't know if it was on the podcast. Maybe it was during one of her classes because she's a yoga instructor as well. Oh, cool. And yes, that's a Uranian proverb. It's very Uranus in its quality because Uranus I like to think of that planet as being the change maker um and so choosing change before change chooses you it's inspiring and beautiful because it it reminds you of the power that you have to resist something or to accept something we can actually make life a lot easier for ourselves if we just choose to go along with it if change is here can I welcome it into my home it's already here can I make it comfortable? Can I make myself comfortable? Yeah. Can I choose it? Because if I don't, it's going to choose me. And, and it might not be the way that I want it to go at that point in time. It's like the difference between in tarot, choosing something, an ace. Yeah. All the ace cards have a hand reaching out, offering Ooh. something. Okay. So you have to choose it. You're going to like, oh, I want it. So I'm going to reach out and I'm going to take it. Ooh. I'm choosing it. Versus the tower, which is like, you oh. didn't do the thing, <laughs> so we're going to burn it down. <laughs> we're going to burn the whole thing down. So you didn't choose the change, and now the change is choosing you. And so now you have no control over the modality, the way that this is going to go. It's just all going to burn down. And if I had just chosen the change for myself, maybe I wouldn't have had to get to that point. Granted, you can end up pulling the tower and get into that point at any time, even if you're like, God damn it, I chose the change. <laughs> Yeah, well, there might be some other clearings that you just can't do. The universe is here to take care of it for you. Yeah. But being able to choose the change for yourself, I think, just reminds you of, of how much power you do yield in your life. And if you can't control the circumstance, you can control how you react to it. And I say that as somebody who throws tantrums sometimes still. So... <laughs> Especially when I slip in ice and cry and I'm just laying in an ice puddle, <laughs> having a moment. It's okay. My bruise is dope, by the way. Everybody should be super jealous of my bruise. <laughs> 
It's very cool. It's almost as cool as all these eggs I've been eating in all these parks. <laughs> That's awesome. Your puns are some of my favorite moments within your podcast, which I love, which is so full. You do a podcast. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned that. First, I have so many things I still want to talk about. We are getting close on time. But first, that's a beautiful lesson. And that's one that I am going to start doing. Choose change before change chooses you is accessible. I can make a change. I can divert the direction of my life before all of a sudden I wind up in an area where I have no choice or no, we always have choice, but where the choices already has been made for us. So I love that. Secondly, before we do go, I'd love to talk a bit about your podcast. So you're an astrologer, you're a tarot reader. Yeah. I, uh, you have a beautiful podcast. I actually, I don't know if I told you this, I might have told you this, but I'll have to look back on the episodes. If you scroll through my episodes on my Pisces med my Pisces meditation episode, which was forever ago, I actually shouted you out on my podcast. So this has been a huge full circle moment for me. I've been wanting to interview and podcast you for forever. Yay! So this is a huge moment for me. But for those that don't know and that didn't listen to my shout out on your episode of my Pisces podcast, What's your podcast about? What do you do? Yeah, so I am the host of the Soul Full of It podcast. And the whole point of that podcast is to empower people. I would say the three like pillars of what I'm trying to achieve with the podcast are empowerment, spirituality, and mindfulness and inviting those things into folks' worlds. I do a transits and tarot episode monthly with my amazing co-host, Uni, who was oh, interviewed on your podcast yeah. as well. So that's yeah. a great episode. Go check that out. That episode was so good. Oh my gosh. I have to shout out Uni because he's so amazing. Uni and I'm so honored to get to collaborate with him so often and to have been friends with him for such a long time as well. So we do that together. Sometimes we have another person join us, astrologer or a tarot reader to kind of add more to it, or we just do it, the two of us, and we cover the transits, the major transits that happen for each month and the tarot of the month. And so uni pulls cards and we both chat about them. So that's like our monthly offering. Yeah. And then other episodes that I drop, I either drop solo episodes where I just kind of guide us through some transits, pull some cards as well. Maybe I'll do those around moons often, or I've done a couple on specific topics. Like I did one earlier in 2020 about boundaries because I was having some really big life lessons around boundary setting coming up. And I was like, you know what? This is not just for me. I, I need to share what's coming through me for others. And so I do that as well. And then I also interview amazing people like you. So there's <laughs> going to be an episode with you on it in 2021 coming up. So if you enjoy uh, us and our banter, then I think that folks listening to this episode are going to love your episode. Oh, it is so you. good. It's like I all the self-control in the world for me to not just like release it immediately. I'm very, very excited for it to come out. So Kind of a long answer, but my podcast is very metaphysical. It's very based in self-empowerment and it's very accessible too. So I don't talk about like the transits and expect you to know the language. I break them down so that anybody, or I hope that anybody that had maybe has never even heard the word astrology before could come across my podcast and listen to it and know it's for you. This is for you. 
not just for our astrologers and tarot readers, which are phenomenal. It's for you too, but like it's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You do make it incredibly accessible. I love following along. You are pretty much my astrology teacher. So (laughs) I go onto other profiles and I try to research on my own. And just because I haven't dedicated the time to it, I can't understand it. But your episodes are the staple episodes that I listen to that help educate me on what's going on right now which i appreciate so much because i never know i'm like why are these feelings coming up within me why do i feel pulled in two directions and i'll listen to your episode you'll be like it's gemini season we're gonna be pulled all across and i'm like oh i understand (laughs) (laughs) so i really appreciate it and you and i'd love for our listeners to be able to contact you so your episode uh, your podcast is called so full of it and they can find that on Apple and yes, everywhere. It's on Apple, iTunes. It's on anywhere that you get your podcast. Just make sure you spell soulful of it with one L because some people like to spell it too. I get that. I actually double up on letters a lot. Really? Spelling is hard. So soulful is S-O-U-L-F-U-L space of space it. Soulful of it. It's a joke, but like you know not but it is (laughs) you know people just take shit too seriously i don't want anybody to take anything too seriously and if that title makes you laugh i've done my job that's how i came up with it i wrote it down and i laughed and laughed and laughed and i was like this is it this is great (laughs) so that's where you can find the podcast cool and i think that it's so honest and i love and it makes it made me want to interview of just hearing that name because There are a bunch of beautiful and wonderful people within this spiritual or empowerment or mindful community, but there are also a fair amount of people that are quite full of their gifts, which is, it's good to be confident within our gifts, but I love just upon reading the title of your podcast, it's like, okay, this person is knowledgeable, I can trust this person, but they're also relatable and they're also not ego driven yeah (laughs) no yeah seventh house stellium keeps me humble it (laughs) does life is so much more about other people than it is about me in a big way oh that's how i learn Uh, (laughs) we learn through the reflections so i love that that's how you feel about it because i want people to feel that about it i want them to to feel a part of it Mm. oh we do yeah well it has been such a pleasure and joy to speak with you i've really enjoyed this time I also want to just open the floor here. Is there anything that you wish that I would have asked you or that you wanted to speak on, but that I forgot to say, or would you like to say anyone to that young future astrologer or future tarot reader, or to someone who's also going through their Saturn return right now, just love to open the floor for you to, to speak on whatever is coming from you since you often do focus on others. <laughs> yeah. I would say if you're going through your Saturn return right now, if you're curious about astrology or tarot, if you have questions, you're welcome to reach out to me. The easiest way to find me is on Instagram at soulful of it, S O U L F U L O F I T. Apparently, I can spell that fast. That was good. <laughs> that that was felt good. Brilliant. I'm going to win this spelling bee, aren't I? Uh, so feel free to reach out to me. Saturn return in particular, if you're around 29 years old, you know, a little bit before, a little bit after, then I feel for you. It is a tough transit, but it's also going to leave you with a gift at the end as all hard work does. And you can do hard things. So I just want to remind anybody listening, you can do the hard thing. You'll be okay. And the only other thing I want to add is that joy belongs to you. I think that's so important to remind people joy is ever present. It's here waiting for you. If you're sad, if you're scared, if you're angry, 
you can also still experience joy. It's not going to go away and it's not something that you earn or deserve. You earn it, quote unquote, just by being. Whoa, joy belongs to you. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to repeat that as a mantra to myself. And I've appreciated this time so much. Thank you so much for sharing your time. Really Thank you so much it. for having me. Yeah! This is amazing and very even more full circle when your episode comes out. So, Whoa, yeah. yeah, I'd love to do this again. I'm excited already. And I just want to let the listeners know, let you know that the spirit animating my body honors, values, appreciates and unconditionally loves the spirit animating yours. Oh, yeah. Thank Aho. you. Mataku awesome. Namaste. Bye. <laughs> Yay. So long.